let's get it. Radically smaller commerce. You wanna test A B on your PDP? Pop up that AOV and your B2C. Do the 301, avoid the 404. Boost your SEO, get people to the store. Got the latest stack, headless, you react. You want that seamless customer experience attack. Live shopping social, set up your syndication. Be relevant, that's our recommendation. Radical Smart E-Commerce is a podcast presented by Aptus with focus on smart e-commerce and merchandising. We will talk about trends, new technology, and the importance of being relevant. We will do this by interviewing exciting guests to be inspired by their success stories and insights. And I'm your host, Thomas Sjöberg, and I will be joined by different colleagues here at Aptus depending on topic and guests. Hello and welcome to the Radically Smart E-Commerce podcast. And today I'm very happy to be joined by my dear colleague Suzanne. Welcome. Thank you, Thomas. Good to be here. Absolutely. And uh, what are you doing at Aptus? Maybe you could tell the audience. Yeah, I've been at Aptus for three and a half years now in the marketing team. Okay. Uh, creating different kind of content. Yeah focusing in spreading the awareness out there. So typically, if you're following us in any sense on LinkedIn or so, what have you done? Is it copy or is it the graphics or just the ideas or what? Yeah, mainly the graphics. Okay, okay. The videos and and graphic you see there and for this podcast as well. Cool, cool. And uh, happy that you could join us today. Today, we're going to have some focus on marketing, but also on e-commerce in general. And uh, maybe you can tell us who we're going to meet today. Yeah, we're going to talk to Kaisa Knapp, the owner of uh, Cool Stuff. Yeah. And, uh, well, you're going to hear a lot more about her and the story of Cool Stuff in the interview that is coming right now. Today, we are very happy to have Kaisa Knapp, the CEO and co-founder at uh, Cool Stuff, here as a guest in the Radically Smart Commerce podcast. So, welcome, Kaisa. Thank you. Nice to be here. Okay, hi Kaisa. Nice to meet you. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? More in personal, who is Kaisa Knapp? Uh, yes, hi, nice to be here. I'm, I'm Kaisa Knapp and I'm turning 40 this year. I uh, live in Malmö uh, with my husband Christian and our three kids. Uh, born and raised here and we started Cool Stuff uh, 2004 uh, when we were studying economics from home. Uh, so we have been doing that for 17 years now. So quite a long time. All right. So uh, how did it start? How come you got into uh, e-commerce and, uh, well, the, the kind of business that you do? Uh, actually, it's hard to imagine, but back in uh, 2004, it was uh, kind of exotic to uh, to work with e-commerce. It was something new and exciting. So we wanted to try that. That was the first thought. And the second thought was, uh, what are we going to sell? Uh, and we were traveling a lot uh, to Japan and uh, America. And we saw a lot of cool products that we thought uh, we didn't. They we haven't. We hadn't those products in Sweden, so we haven't seen those products in Sweden and wanted to sell them. Okay. So, what was your first product that you saw? Uh, actually, it was uh, Banana Guard. It's a it's a guard watching your banana, so it don't get uh, crunch. What is what's the word? Uh, smashed or smashed in the bag. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I think I will. Ha- 
we have a few of those. I don't know, Susan, do you have any banana guards at home? No, no, sorry, I don't, but I have seen them. <laughs> yeah, I think I have the banana guard, I have the apple guard. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else there is, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, is that something that, that you still sell? Or No, no, we, we, we stopped selling that when Ica Maxi and all the others started to sell them as well. Okay. Uh, but that, that's the thing with cool stuff. We, we, uh, we sell new stuff that you haven't seen before. Uh, and new cool, cool uh, stuff that makes you laugh and spread joy. And then when they are too common, we often stop, uh, stop selling them. All right. So, so what what other products did you sort of sell in the early days? Mm, in the early days, it, it was a lot of uh, uh, more cheaper stuff, like the the USB uh, cup warmer that you connected with USB plug in your computer. Yeah. Sold a lot of those for 99 Swedish crowns. So cool when you were <laughs> young and, you know, into computers. <laughs> <laughs> Retro and, uh, and cool stuff. But but now uh, it, has, it has changed a bit. So we sell uh, more expensive stuff that lasts longer. And I guess it's a, it's a result of the... The life we live now, it's, it's much more focused on uh, sustainability. So, so how was the early days? I, I mean, you, you needed to get uh, some kind of website out to start to sell the products. So did you build everything yourself? Did you find a free product? I, I guess you started out, you know, not investing a lot of money. No, that's right. We didn't. I think we invested 50,000 Swedish crowns when we started. And bought uh, products from them uh, for that money, uh, and then we found some guy that built uh, the site because me and Christian we did we don't uh, do programming, uh, and we did everything at a very low cost and uh, a cheap way to just get started. And uh, me and Christian we did everything to get, uh, from the beginning, like customer service and uh, warehouse <laughs> packaging. And stuff and okay. uh, went in the car to the uh, to the post office. Uh, so we did everything, of course, in the beginning. Yeah. And it was like that for maybe one or two years. Uh, and we didn't we didn't take any salary, and we worked hard. Uh, and it was a really really fun time to to think to think back at. Yeah. Uh, and what about marketing? How how did you work with that in the early days? Uh, actually, we we worked. Uh, similar to now, but in a different different uh, scale, uh, in, in a downscaled <laughs> kind of way, if you compare to now. We, we worked with Google and we worked with Facebook and AdWords, AdSense. Uh, we did a lot of cooperation with magazines that wrote about our stuff. So we contact the, uh, contacted a lot of magazines uh, and they wrote about our stuff. They are pretty easy products to write about because they make you laugh and you you haven't seen them before. And Sounds fun to work with. Yeah. Can I just ask you one thing, Kaisa? I'm really impressed and amazed about people who start their own company and succeeding in that. Was that something you saw growing up that you would do? Yes. I, Me, personally, I have worked a lot since I was able to. <laughs> I have been working since I was 11, 12 with babysitting and working in different stores and hotels. And I always like to, to work a lot. And I think it's really fun. And I, I have always had the thought that I would, I like to, to uh, be a part of the, the strategy and the deciding process. And I want to be, uh, to make an impact 
so I think it was kind of naturally to to start your own business. But uh, it of course it's a lot more easier to start when you're a student. You have you don't have so much costs in your lives, and you live a, a simple life. Uh, and you don't have to have a salary when you are at school when you study. So I imagine that it would be a lot a bigger process to do when you're older to quit your day job and to start your own business, of course. Yeah, and doing this with your partner as well. I mean, uh, probably it has its benefits and and it has uh, you know also gains. I know from 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 uh, from my own life, my father he ran his own business. It took. A lot of his time and mm. I would say that it was one of the reasons why my parents got divorced eventually but uh, kind of a, a funny story they got together again after a few years got remarried and they started working together instead in the company and, and it worked really well for them but but I guess you don't need to go into the specifics but I mean it's a special situation you have done this together for 17 years so yeah. any relationship advice here <laughs> Uh, no, but I mean, your parents divorced when they were not working together and then they <laughs> got back together working together. So I guess that's a sign of that it's when it's work, working, it's working. Uh, and with me and Christian, it's, it's going really good working together. But of course, there are uh, some downsides as well. Like when you start talking about um, challenges uh, late at in the evening, mm. uh, and you can you can stop, so you just sit there and you know, and in the evening you're not so alert, and you <laughs> you sit and uh, talk about uh, uh, challenges in the companies. Uh, so so, but we have been do, doing this for 17 years, so I think we have a lot of uh, we know how to handle it. I think by now. Uh, and we trust each other 100% and know each other in and out. So uh, for us, it's a, it's a really good setup. And I think you have a, a huge uh, understanding for the other person when, when we go into, when we have a lot of work. Yeah. If we wouldn't work together, I think we would not be so understandable to each other about when you have to work. Yeah, because it's hard to have a co-founder as well. I mean, it, it's hard to have that relationship working over years. And I mean, you have been doing this for 17 years, so it's really impressive. Mm -hmm. 17 years, yeah, impressive. So so how far have you come? <laughs> Which markets have you entered and so on? Yeah, uh, now we are at uh, the Swedish market uh, and we're in Norway, Finland, Denmark and uh, Germany. Okay, so can you give us some numbers? Um, revenue or number of employees or whatever you can share with us? Uh, our turnover this year is about 245 million Swedish crowns uh, and we are about 40 employees now. Roughly, I think 40% is in Sweden, 35 in Norway, 25% in Denmark and then Germany and Finland is our smallest markets. Alright, so a few things that we would like to talk to you about today is um, about building a marketing department for e-commerce. We know that you have quite a large marketing department if you compare to your whole operations and, and then also talking a little bit about how your business is quite dependent on seasons that your business is quite dependent on seasons and holidays. So that will be two major themes here that we will go into. And Susan, you're working at the marketing department uh, here at Aptus. So, so maybe you want to uh, take the first questions here. Sure. Your marketing department, how, how many people are you there? And, and what do they do? 
What kind of roles do they have? Yes, uh, there are 13 people in our marketing department. One marketing manager, and uh, then we have uh, three uh, sub-teams in the big team. Uh, it's it's quite big of a department, so we, we tried this new team structure now with the sub-teams. So, um, there's a country manager for every department, uh, every country. So we have a, a girl from Norway handling the Norwegian de- um, market and so on. Uh, then we have uh, different kind of specialists. We have uh, CRM and newsletters, SEO, paid uh, marketing, copywriter, UX, photographer, coordinator, content producer. So uh, a lot of different roles. And we do a lot of uh, things in-house. So that's the explanation of the size of the uh, uh, department. Creating content fast, mm-hmm. I guess then. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and I, I see or saw now in social media that you uh, hired recently two new employees, as you call those, the SEO ninja and uh, the content producer. Is that uh, more focus on that now, 2021? Or um, how do you see that within the marketing focusing? Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's a focus in our company and in others as well. I guess that uh, to to work more sophisticated with the data and analysts, and we have been data driven all the time, I think, but uh, but need to level up in that area. I think it's really important uh, to be data driven in all areas, CRM, UX, and uh, our department is heading to be a more uh, technical department than before, I would say. Uh, now it is very important uh, when we recruit and um, tech and marketing is really the same thing when you work with the e-commerce. So what does it mean when you say that you're more data-driven? What, can you give some concrete examples on things uh, that you work with regarding that? Yeah, I, was, I would say overall, every decision we make, uh, it's very easy to just go with your gut feeling and uh, try things, but it's much better to to have numbers on what you do. It could be everything from A-B testing and how we work with customers with the CRM and our relationship with the, how we send out emails and uh, how we track our marketing uh, so we don't just track the marketing afterwards and we, we can be more proactive uh, with the analyze of our data when it comes to, to marketing. Uh, and it's, uh, as you can, I, I'm sure you, you hear that, it's not my uh, my area, but we have a lot of uh, good people working with that. So um, <laughs> I think it's, it's a big change that we are more focused on uh, data nowadays. Is there a particular part of this that you have started to work with recently that, that is uh, more a new thing that you're looking at when it comes to the data? Yes, uh, we are analyzing our margin on the products. When we do marketing, uh, we we divide our um, products in different margin classes. So we, we put more market money on products with higher margin. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Do, do you also take into account returns? No, we just we, we are focusing on the margin right now. Okay, yeah, because that's something that you think about also. I mean, we at Aptus, when we look at you know recommending maybe products that that uh, can uh, provide a, a better margin for you as a company, if that's your business strategy, another aspect of this is the returns. So if you recommend products that have a high 
uh, number of returns, it might not be the best thing to do. So that's also an aspect that can be interesting to look look at. We have about 5% returns on uh, our products, and it's it's a quite low uh, low level of returns. And we work and analyze every product. So we have in our business the system, we can see uh, how high the returns are, on, uh, the RMA, the return level on each product. So uh, if the product has a high return, we stop selling it. So we work with that a lot because it's a high cost. Is there any particular type of product that you has a higher return rate? Or we, we worked a lot with the Halloween before. We have stopped that now, but we sold a lot of Halloween costumes, and that was a lot of returns on that. Yeah. So clothing in general, I guess, have a higher rate of return. You mentioned a lot of different type of marketing for your newsletters and SEO and things like that. Uh, what do you see works the best for you guys? Yeah, Google and Facebook is our best channels to work with, uh, but we uh, but we also work a lot of uh, with com- uh, producing content like films about our uh, about our products and how they work, uh, and that works really good in uh, on Instagram and Facebook as well. So I would say Google and Facebook and uh, focusing a lot on uh, making good content, uh, like showing when we use our products, how, how they work. Have you tried live shopping? Is that something for you? Mm, no, yeah, it uh, it might be. We haven't tried that uh, 100% yet. Okay. Uh, one Christmas, we, we tried some kind of live shopping when we broadcasted like five hours and showing all our products. But I don't, I'm not sure if you could call that 100% like shopping but yes something in that direction at least yeah so uh, again you mentioned this uh, combo of marketing and data so uh, looking at those profiles when you hire new people is it easy to find people that has that mix of uh, good marketing skills and um, understanding of of the the tech part of it as well um i think it's it's becoming more easy to find because uh, Everyone is realizing that it's important uh, with the tech part marketing. Mm. Uh, but uh, no, it's not easy to find uh, good people. <laughs> not at all. So, so when we recruit, uh, we don't do it often. But when we do, we put a lot of energy in that process. But, but the, the most important thing when you find, when you're looking for new people is uh, the, the person who, who you are and, uh, uh, your motivation and personality and then you can always learn more when you're in the company and talking about this marketing uh, different section as well i was thinking about the influencer marketing when you're talking about creating videos and so on do, do you do that or do you have a typical dream person for your business yes we work actually we just started to work uh, a bit more with influencer marketing so we joined this uh influencer uh, company that so we cooperate with a lot of different uh, influencers making content for us and videos Mm. so we haven't uh, seen the result yet but uh, i think it's it's exciting and uh, looking forward to see what what it gives us yeah i think that was a really interesting question who would be the the dream ambassador for cool stuff yeah who would that be marcolio no yeah e-type no i'm not sure (laughs) another thing uh, that I know that you do quite a lot is work with user-generated content from your customers. Uh, and also, uh, I think one, one thing that um, that started quite early was that you 
sort of got fans that really liked what you were doing. So could you tell us a little bit about how you work with that and the importance of it for you? Uh, I would say that uh, ever since we, since we since we started in 2004, we have worked with user-generated content. Uh, our customers uh, have always been uh, liked to send us uh, films and photos uh, of them using our products in a fun way so it's uh, it's really easy for us to to work with that and we do it we still do it and we send out an email to to every customer two weeks after you have purchased something and ask them kindly to to give a review and to tell us what they what they think about their product and also sending in pictures of it or videos so we use that in our on our product page uh, and sometimes we uh, we send out newsletters with testimonials and ratings from the customers, and those are really good uh, uh, click-through rates on those emails. Okay. How would you describe your communication style when when you're sort of doing your marketing? What, what is your tone of voice at Cool Stuff? Uh, actually, the way we see it is that uh, you can't be loved by all, and we, we don't want to be loved by all. Uh, some of our communication will bother some people, and that that is fine with us. Uh, cool stuff is uh, edgy, fun, young, and modern. And uh, at Cool Stuff, we have a strong gut feeling about what we can say and what we can't say. Uh, and it has never been a, a problem for us. Uh, for example, I think we wrote somewhere something like. Uh, uh, are you ready for Christmas uh, this year? Uh, does the Pope wear a hat? And we got a, some negative response on that. Uh, but according to us, it was uh, okay to communicate like that. And uh, cool stuff is your your fun friend, not a boring, correct person. So we we like the edgy in our communication. Sounds good. Well, uh, maybe you noticed we, we actually have a hip-hop theme here at the podcast. So I wonder <laughs> if you have a fun and edgy rapper name if you would be a hip-hop artist. Uh, yes. I think the best one I could come up with would be Cool Lady K. Hey. <laughs> That's not bad. It's actually one of the better ones that we get here uh, in the show. So I, I think that you have sort of raised the bar a little bit to the next episode. So uh, Cool Lady K, sounds fine to me. Let's get it. I think of what's your typical target group for a customer? Do you see that people go to your site and just to be inspired and uh, find cool stuff? Or do they have a purpose that I want to have this ice machine and they jump on your site to, to find that? Or do you see a pattern there? Yes, I would say that we have two different types of customers. Uh, the ambassadors that really love cool stuff and go into our site and read all the fun product texts and watch the videos, uh, like, uh, ent- like entertaining themselves with that. Uh, they are, uh, they are our real ambassadors. And then we have those customers that come in after they did a Google search. They want to find something and, and they uh, end up at cool stuff. Uh, and sometimes uh, we have noticed that those customers not always know that they bought something from Cool Stuff. They they bought the product because it was a fun product, and maybe they don't do not remember us as a company. And that's something we would uh, change, of course. We would like to change that and to strength to uh, to build a more um, a better communication with those customers, so that that they remember Cool Stuff and not only the products we sell. 
So we, we work on that. If you look in the market and with players like Google and Facebook and others, it seems like they want to have the actual purchase more been done in their platform without you having to leave it. And, and probably they want uh, uh, sort of a, a cut of the revenue as well. So what do you think about that? Whether you know more and more purchases will be outside of the site or how do you position yourself in that world? Yes, uh, it's, a, it's a challenge. And uh, uh, the way we see it is that uh, we want CoolStuff to be something uh, so a site that you want to visit yourself uh, directly. Of course, we want that. We want when you sit on a bus and you don't you don't know what you are going to look at on your cell phone. Uh, we want you to to visit cool stuff the way you visit Instagram or Facebook or uh, some news newspaper. Uh, so so um, and to, to to be able to do that, we need to have much more uh, and more funnier content. Uh, so that's that's our focus right now to make the site more funny for the customers to to visit. Yeah, and I know that you are doing a big change internally now. You have uh, been working with, uh, I think, a, a home built uh, solution before. Now you're replatforming. You are doing a lot of new things. So uh, I guess that this is a part of the strategy to be able to to work more on the customer experience and focus on on, on maybe that part of it rather than the underlying core technology or exactly just uh, just like that and uh, we have been building our old platform since our start 2004 but but now we want to be more flexible even though we are changing to to this standardized platform we are now suing together different solutions and diff different external systems uh, and we will still be the one who to to own the products uh, if there's any part that we don't like, uh, we can take off that part and replace it with some something else. Uh, and if there's any part we believe we can build a better way, uh, in a better way or more adaptive solution that, uh, than they are ready-made systems on the market, we can focus our time on that instead. Okay. Um, so uh, I feel like we are getting a better control uh, when we do like this. Um, all right. Seeing together different solutions. Cool. The best one. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. And as you said, that your business is very seasonal. Uh, how does that affect you? What are you working on here now in the summer? Uh, yeah, you're right. It's, we are very seasonal. We, we have around our half of our turnover during the, the last quarter of the year, October to, de to December. Um, historically, it has affected us a lot. Uh, it still does, but we ha we now have a more uh, a better way of handling the seasons, uh, other seasons than just Christmas. Uh, we are focusing on uh, summertime on, sun uh, on summertime, for example, and uh, summertime has been a, a huge uh, season for us as well. Um, uh, Valentine, Mo Mother's Day, Father's Day, Easter. We we try to during the year to to find other seasons as well to work with. Yeah, so it seems like uh, I mean uh, for a lot of businesses, all of these different occasions they are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So I mean the every 
pastry needs its own its own day now. I don't know if the cinnamon roll day is a big thing at Cool Stuff, but uh, we have the, uh, the Nutella day, and we sell this three uh, kilos of Nutella. Oh yeah, I've seen that. We sell the Nutella day. <laughs> but I guess also, I mean, you have been in business for seventeen years, and uh, as I recall, it it goes pretty well for you guys as well, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing good. So uh, it might it must have been harder in the beginning uh, when you m- maybe had problems with the cash flow or uh, that kind of things. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a better understanding for your business now with the banks or I don't know how you c- cover your uh, financials. Uh, yeah, you're right. Since, uh, since we started, we always have this challenge to explain to other people that half of our turnover is during Christmas and we need uh, to borrow a lot of money to, to buy all those products to the, uh, build a lot of stock. And of course, that is a is a risk. But now, when we have uh, proved that it's it's working, I think we have more understand. They understand us better. But uh, yes, of course, it's a risk. So, when do you start planning for Christmas? Uh, almost uh, one year ahead, I would say. Okay. Mm, because we have long uh, uh, lead times from Asia, so we start to plan that maybe nine. 10 months ahead. Okay, and I guess it's a lot of sourcing in the beginning. And uh, mm-hmm. So what are the steps? I mean, start with the sourcing and then sort of, could you give us a picture of the, the timeline from, from then to when you go out with the, the new Christmas campaigns and everything? Uh, yes. Uh, I would say in almost a year uh, ahead, we start to plan the, what products we will uh, and do the sourcing. And it starts with uh, us in the company, uh, just uh, having a lot of meetings about what we will, what we'll sell next, next Christmas, what we will buy, uh, where do we buy it? Do we buy it from Asia and producing ourselves uh, under our own brands, or do we buy it from uh, distributors uh, across Europe? Uh, and then we start. And also, Black Week is a is a huge thing for us, so we we need to plan that in advance as well. Uh, and then we start to source it in Asia, and or we need to find some new distribu- distributors in Europe. Uh, sometimes there is almost four or five months to uh, deli- uh, lead time from Asia on some products. Okay. And now there's been stop in the Suez uh, Canal, and there's been a, a huge uh, lack of containers in Asia, so it it has affected us a lot. So this Christmas we are earlier than before. Do you have a hunch what will be the Christmas present of the year? <laughs> oh, I, I'm not sure if I should say that. <laughs> you have to, you have to look in in our site in uh, in the autumn to find out. <laughs> yeah, so, so I guess the, it's the same in all countries. I mean, in Sweden we we sort of. There is someone, I don't know who it is, that announces the, the Christmas present of the year. Have you ever, you know, uh, been right? Uh, let me think. Probably not. <laughs> if we were, uh, then I would remember it, but uh, no. But it's uh, it's exciting every year. Yeah, and, uh, and sometimes it's really stupid things. I think, wasn't it uh, quite recently a box that you can put your phone in so you don't use it all the time? Yes. I don't know how many boxes has been sold, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe it's fantastic. Maybe it's just us. Is it, uh, is it mainly Asia you find inspiration for new products? We, we buy about 60% of our, our products from Asia, but the inspiration is uh, not so much from Asia. It's the, 
we are producing the products there, but the, the inspiration is all over the world, I would say. Yeah, you talked about your markets here before in the, in the Nordics and in Germany and so on. Uh, do you have a dream market that you would enter in the future? Hmm, dream market. I have read that uh, Korea is a is an upcoming market. So yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. But uh, Poland and maybe some of those countries uh, around Poland, I. Mm. It's just a guess. It's it's hard to say, but uh, but I think we will definitely open in more launch in more countries in the future. It sounds that you have high ambitions with this. So, what is driving you to to sort of expand this all the time? I think the more, most important thing is to to have fun at work and do do what you love, of course. And then when you do what you love, you probably do it uh, good. Then when you do it good, you uh, hopefully make some money. Mm. And then with those money, you can do new things. So it's uh, kind of a, a circle of uh, motivation like that, I would say. Yeah, okay. And and is it, uh, you know, also to to see, can we, can we raise the bar? Can we do this even better and bigger and so on to, to challenge yourself all the time? Yes, of course. In small and big, uh, big things. Every day, yes. Sounds fun. Yes. And uh, really interesting to, to hear your story and, uh, and a little bit about, you know, what you are facing within your business. Uh, cool stuff for me personally as well. I think I'm in the right target group and has been from the beginning, from, uh, from you know, the, the cup warmer and <laughs> uh, up until now. It's a, it's a very popular shop with, uh, with the family as well. So... Yeah, you can be our influencer, Thomas. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm open for it, definitely. Uh, I I need to go in and browse your site a little bit and see what I can, you know, stand behind. Uh, very, very, you know, aware of my personal brand. So, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, but yeah, sure. I'm actually. I went into your site, uh, of course, here a few days ago, checking it out even more. And what, what's the top product, you say, for this summer? I was looking for something in particular, but uh, what would you say would be on the top? Let me guess, the mankini. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost, almost. But you can wear the mankini when you use our top selling products. And our top selling products this summer is the Kayak, oh. that you inflate yourself. Uh, so the inflatable Kayaks, they are definitely the top sellers. Okay. Cool. Now they're out of stock mostly, but uh, also the soups, the stand-up paddling boards, they are really popular. Yeah. And then you can wear your mankini while you are on your stand-up paddle. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not behind the, 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 that product, by the way, but uh, I think I can find something else. But uh, Kaisa, really nice having you here on the show and uh, wish you a great summer and an even better Q4 and Christmas. Thank you so much. It was really nice talking to you guys. Likewise. Take care. To be up to date with podcast-related matters, follow our LinkedIn page. And if you want to participate in discussions or recommend topics and guests, please join our Facebook group as well. Just search for Radically Smart Commerce and you will find us. And of course, if you want to contact me directly, you can always reach out on LinkedIn. My name is Thomas Sjöberg. You find the podcast on all platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Acast, as well as at radicallysmartercommerce.com. 
Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you like the podcast. It helps us find new listeners. And you can also follow Aptus at LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.